What's up, everybody? This is Mike Isicki, tight end for the Miami Dolphins, and welcome to the All-Star Sports Podcast with your hosts, Gabe and Rafi. Hello, hello, and today we are going to start off talking about the college football championship. It was a very interesting game. Alabama beat Ohio State 52-24. to Now, I said interesting. I don't know if I'd call it that because it was a blowout, right, Gabe? Yeah, and just the Alabama domination. Mac Jones, 464, five touchdowns. The real star of the show, Devonta Smith, 12 receptions, 215 yards, three touchdowns. I really think he submitted his case yeah. to be the best wide receiver in this draft class. I mean, I game. was thinking about whether it's him or Jamar Chase. I'm still not sold that it's him yet. I'm not sure. But um, one thing is, I think Mac Jones definitely propelled to their number four QB in this class. Yeah, I think I mean. He- He's but he's just better than Trey Lance. He's a one year yeah. starter that almost won the Heisman versus a one year starter at North Dakota State. I mean, he's just he's very good. Right. I have my doubts about Mac Jones. I think he kind of, he jumped Trey Lance with that performance. Yeah. Um, one thing is no, Najee Harris definitely um did something, showed NFL scouts today that he's dangerous in the passing game. Right. I mean, you saw him run well. A couple of his touchdowns, you know, he's he can he showed that he can play in the passing game. Right. And someone that you know he's a senior this year could be like a seventh round pick or just be signed as an undrafted free agent. Definitely showed up. And that's their backup running back, Brian Robinson Jr. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think Harris. Showed his presence in the passing game. His rushing numbers were not great on paper. 22 carries for only 79 yards. Punched in the ball two times in the end zone. And showed his ability in the passing game to NFL scouts. Yeah. Uh, like I said before, Devontae Smith may have put him put himself over Jamar Chase at this point. I mean, obviously, great game over over 200 yards. But um, one person that is a sophomore this year that could definitely be a guy next year is John Mechie. With Jalen Waddle's injury, he's had to be the number two receiver, um, and he's been he's played well this year, over nine hundred yards, um, doing well. He had a good game. And one thing is, Jalen Waddle should not have been playing in that game. Yeah, no, you saw a lot of NFL stars yeah. and sports personalities tweeting about it during the game. Gotta, it's just, it's just not worth it. Yeah, he could to... he could have, especially when when you're crushing them, he could have definitely gotten more hurt that can affect his career especially when you're someone that relies on your speed yeah I mean you saw even in his first catch it was just a little yeah. shovel pass but limped off the field really looked uncomfortable yeah um so another person that played a great game is defensive tackle Christian Barmore could be mm-hmm. a first round pick I know Todd McShay has him as a first round pick I don't necessarily think he's a first round guy but he's a great player he had one sack and five tackles as well as someone that I think a lot of people are underrating you know he was expected he had an injury last year that bumped him down but I still think he's definitely a first round caliber player and that's Dylan Moses he had a great game six tackles I mean I think he's a great player yeah, someone I was a little disappointed in. He also didn't have a great game against North Dakota. and Excuse me, not North Dakota, Notre Dame. In the semifinal was Jaleel Billingsley. I thought he hasn't gotten many targets all year with his highest reception game only being four. But I really think with Waddle not really being a threat 
And I had confidence in Sean Wade before this game that he could at least slow down Devontae Smith, which is obviously not true, that he would get a few more targets. Yeah, I don't think – I just think um, Mechie and Smith, especially Smith, have just taken over as a two-person threat. Yeah. But, um, one person that's definitely a first-round pick could be a top-ten pick. Patrick Sartain did not play well. No. He, he – I I still think he's the best corner in this draft class. Me too, although Caleb I, Farley's creeping up on him. Yeah, but he, he had a not-great game. Um, and, of course, uh, the biggest name that I wouldn't say played great is Justin Fields. Now, to be fair, he played through a rib injury. That was clear. He he wasn't passing as well as he usually does, and he just wasn't scrambling at all, really. And it was clear he was – I think you have to give him the benefit of the doubt because it was clear he was playing with a rib injury, but he didn't play too well. I still think the Jets should take him. Yeah, I I agree with – with that, um, yeah, I think he he kind of he he just didn't play great. Only fifty one percent completion percentage, six, six yards per throw, only one touchdown. Just defense kind of shut him down. Yeah, um, uh, one person is obviously it's unfortunate. We saw Trey Sermon got hurt and he was taken to the hospital with yeah. a collarbone injury. And you just hate to see that, of course. I mean, Trey Sermon, uh, definitely going to get drafted this year, possibly in the top three round, first three rounds. You know, great player. And you just hate to see it. I saw his mom, like, made a statement saying yeah. that she says he's doing okay. Yeah, his and, mom made a statement earlier today saying that his injury's not serious. But, I mean, when you go to the hospital, you yeah. immediately assume the worst. Which is great to see. Yeah, but, I mean, we'll talk about later. John Wolford went to the hospital, and he's only marked as like day to day. Yeah. Um, Master Teague then replaced him. He was solid. Um, definitely not as good as Trey Sermon usually is. Um, Chris Olave is someone that did solid. He's a very good receiver, and he definitely did solid. Yeah, I think he kind of showed himself that he might that he has first round caliber. I still don't think he'll be taken in the first round. Yeah. Considering there are, I'd say, five wide receivers better than him on the board. Oh, I think but, there's more than that. I think there's – well, I guess I'd say there's six. Yeah. But I think he, he he will be top three, maybe even second round pick this year. Yeah. Um, one person that you just hate to see. I mean, Jeremy Ruckert, tight end at Ohio State, great player, probably going to get drafted. Um uh, he had one amazing catch. It was like 36 yards or something. Had a crazy one-handed grab. And and the Alabama defender targeted him. Um, and obviously it was targeting. He was, he was ejected from the game, the defender. Um, and he just didn't get many more snaps, if any. Um, if I'm forgetting, he just looked hurt. Yeah, that was a little disappointing as well. He's... Hasn't been up. He has doesn't get many targets, but he had that. He had that great catch. Yeah. Uh, so one thing is, I you sound crazy. It sounds crazy to say because Devontae Smith, you know, had over two hundred yards, yards. But Sean Wade had a pretty good game, and he and here's why: he was not guarding Devontae Smith that much. The coaching on defense was not good. They they were putting other cornerbacks on Devontae Smith, and you know and. 
I had a point. There's a point where I think that's actually possibly right because Sean Wade is a nickel corner and he's best in the nickel. And I don't think when he's playing the outside, he's necessarily their best guy. But people are assuming that he was on Smith, and that's just not true. So I think he had a pretty good game. He had five tackles. Right. I think. Yeah, I. Just... He really works better than Nickel. Wasn't really guarding Devonta Smith. I think a lot of people pin the Devonta Smith domination on him and kind of have him just a lot lower on their draft boards than usual. I think he's maybe a projected second-round pick. Maybe he'll go a bit later. But I think a lot of people are just saying he's not good because he was dominated by the best receiver in this draft class, which, A, that's not true. He wasn't even guarding him. And B, it's the best receiver in the draft class. I mean, what do you expect? Well, I don't know about that, but um, he might be, but we'll see. Now, one thing that you hate to see is Wyatt Davis, someone that I definitely think will go in the first round, was helped off the field in an injury. It looked like it seemed like it was a left foot injury. Um, I hope he's okay. He's a great player, great guard for them, and you hate to see it. Yeah, so once again, just pure Alabama dominance on both sides of the ball. We're going to move on here to another big football that thing that happened this weekend. First ever super wild card weekend in the NFL. Three games a day. So, yeah, that happened. I think there were a lot of positives and a lot of negatives for me. I think one of the big positives is Lamar Jackson put the can't win a playoff game there to, to bed. He won a playoff game. I think a lot of it was mostly due to the game, to the game plan. We saw the Titans up by 10 early, kind of, I don't want to say dominating, but they looked like they were really going to win this football game. And when that happened last time, last year in the playoffs, when they were up 14-0, Lamar Jackson had to throw the ball 50 times, and they gave up their power run scheme, which they didn't this time, and they pulled back and they won this game. All right, so I definitely want to talk about that game. Um, a couple of things are, um, so the Ravens, so here, I'll start off with what you said about Lamar. Lamar had a great game, and the thing is, people are saying he didn't pass well because he had over 100 rushing yards, but people looked at he had over 100 rushing yards, don't look at his passing stats and say he didn't pass well. Lamar played a great game throwing the ball. He was definitely better throwing the ball than running the ball. I mean, the Ravens run this inverted zone read play, where basically instead of a classic um, read option, where, you know, um, the running back, goes either goes up the middle or the quarterback keeps it and goes outside it's the opposite they have the running back go outside and Lamar go inside and that play wasn't working and so and you know he got his yards running other ways but he passed a great game you know you saw Hollywood had seven receptions for 109 yards Hollywood has not been great this year he has been pretty he's been very inconsistent there was a period this year where he was horrendous he's been playing better lately but, um, I mean, he made some great throws. And I think probably the biggest thing to help us win this game was obviously the run defense. Right. I mean, we had amazing run defense. We held Derrick Henry to 40 yards. He averaged 2.2 yards per carry, which is unheard of. Right. Um, I mean, Derrick Henry, arguably the best running back in football, dominated this year, favorite to win offensive player of the year. 
Ravens shut him down. He, sh- he struggled the whole game. And when the Titans can't get their rushing offense going, they can't get their passing offense going because yeah. their passing offense relies on the play action. And when there's no threat running the ball, play action doesn't work. Yeah. And also, I mean, Ravens-Titans is becoming one of the more cold-blooded rivalries in sports, in football at least. I mean, obviously last year with the playoff game, we were the favorite to win the Super Bowl. And then uh, we got we lost them, of course. Um, and then this year, it was a rematch. And before the game, the, the Titans went and stomped on our logo, stepped on our logo. And as you probably know, that's conceived as – it's like the it's the disrespect in football. If you step on someone else's logo, it's considered disrespectful. And like you know, um, you do that when you're like rival when you're rivals and you want to show it to them. And I was very happy when Marcus Peters got when Marcus Peters got the pick, and the whole defense went and started dancing on their logo. And I was so happy when they did that. Yeah, kind of a revenge moment. Another game I want to talk about. Seahawks Rams predicted to Rams to win this game even with Jared Goff not starting. I was confident in the Rams defense and they showed up even in the second half without Aaron Donald. I mean, considering they came into the year looking like they lacked depth, this is just a great job of the players and coaching staff to continue to dominate in the fourth quarter even after losing the best non quarterback in football. Yeah, I mean, I think. Um... Uh, it was great. I think the Rams possibly, probably have the best defense in football. Mm-hmm. I mean, led by Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, they're just good all around. And also, we saw even the Rams defense did play amazingly, but even without that, Russell Wilson played horribly. I mean, that yeah, was I mean, maybe the worst game of his career, definitely the worst important game of his career. Yeah, he just couldn't show up. I mean, ever since. Like, he, in the beginning of the year, favorite to win MVP. It looked like he had locked up the award. He was playing excellent. And then, I want to say one thing. He tried to trademark his famous slogan, Let Russ Cook. And ever since that moment, he has not played like himself. He has not looked like an MVP candidate whatsoever. And, yeah. yeah. Um, another thing about that game is, I think it's, I mean, they did not trust Jared Goff. Jared Goff did not play well. I think I think Wolford is just better than Goff. John Wolford's a better quarterback than Goff. It was clear when it was clear when Wolford was in. Um, Sean McVay trusted him more. A lot of people. Sean McVay still hasn't declared who the starter is going to be, and I think a lot of people are saying the only reason he hasn't declared who the starter is going to be is because it's unclear if Wolford's going to play. Obviously, with that neck injury, but I think if Wolford plays, he starts. I think. To say overall that John Wolford is better than Jared Goff is blasphemy. John Wolford has started two NFL games in his in his entire career. Granted, he's won them both. Good for him. Jared Goff led a team to the Super Bowl. Jared Goff played Jared horribly Goff... because he got three pins in his thumb twelve game twelve days before he played an entire NFL defense. Jared Goff led his team to the Super Bowl two years ago, got signed to a huge contract, and started drinking too much and partying too much. He's not what he was two years ago after getting that money. He's not nearly as good of a quarterback. John Wolford, you can just tell by the play calling that they're throwing the ball more. They just trust Wolford more when he's playing. I I just can't. You can't. You can't call someone better after playing two games in their NFL career. 
Not even in two games. Two, two games. Not even two games. One in a quarter games. Tua played one half for Alabama and was declared the starter next year, the next year over Jalen Hurts. I, that's different. Tua Tagovailoa played excellent. John Mulford did not play excellent. He played good. He played better than Jared Goff, but that does not mean he's better than Jared Goff. Jer- when Jared Goff went in for the game with him, Jared Goff played terribly. They won that game because of their defense. They put up 30 points because of their rushing offense. Once again, Jared Goff played horribly because he had surgery on a broken thumb 12 days previously. He played previously. horribly. It was, a, it was played. a surprise. It was a surprise he even was active in this game, let alone played a majority. He played horribly before the thumb injury. Uh, all right, let's, let's move on here. I think you can I – just, I just don't see how you can call a quarterback better – after not playing excellent, after not playing at an MVP level, after playing good for two games. Well, I de- whether you think you can call him officially better or not, he is playing better and he should be the starter. He is playing better, but he is not better, if you know what I mean. Um, I have to move on. One thing I'll say is the football team um, took the L to the Buccaneers, expected Tom Brady in the playoffs. Football team is a seven and nine team that won their division, but right. I'd say maybe the biggest story of that game is Taylor Heineke. Um, Taylor Heineke played a great game, made some great throws, also did well using his legs. And I think picking at nineteen, I don't think you can take a quarterback in the first round after that. I I think they stick with Heineke. Yeah, I like, I agree. You, you see the confidence in their star young player and Chase Young in him. You see his clear heart and his clear just work ethic that Dwayne Haskins definitely did not have. Of course. And he, he, really, he really won the hearts over a lot of people. I think the NBC crew hyped him up a little bit during the game, but he played excellent, and I think he has a real case to start a job next year. Yeah, um, especially doing it with, you know, yeah, Terry McLaurin's great. Stevenson's is solid, but besides that, don't have a very good line. Don't have good weapons. But um, I I don't move on. Obviously, the Saints defense played great win in against the Bears. I want to ask you, what do you think about the NFL having the game on Nickelodeon? I I think it was interesting to say the least. I think if they had gotten good announcers, I think it would have been fun to watch. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, it was it was kind of funny just as a you know big football fan to watch a national broadcast and them having to explain what a touchdown is. Right, that like, was kind of funny, and the slime was the slime yeah. was cool. I mean, you, I think, but I want to I want to say one thing about this game. The Bears looked like they had a shot at at least making this thing close until Javon wins dropped that beautiful football on that trick play, right? Yeah. That was a clear touchdown, went right through his hands. I think that play kind of just clammed up the offense. It didn't look the same after that play. Yeah, I think that definitely hurt their momentum. But um, one thing is, is, obviously we know the Saints defense is great. They played great against the Bears. And here's what I predicted. I predicted this is Drew Brees' last year. He's had to take a little bit off on his arm strength, not being able to put downfield just so he could get through this year being, I, you know, he's going to turn 42 soon. I think these are his last couple games, and because of that, he puts it all on that arm. He, he throws 100% his hardest on every throw, and 
And it's clear that's what he did. Like that's what he started doing last game because I think this is the last ride he wants to win the Super Bowl. Like I'm thinking, he had a 72 completion percentage and a QB rating of 107.3. He played great. Right. I think it's pretty clear that Drew Brees is going to retire after the season. I think this is his one last ride. And don't be don't be shocked if the Saints meet the Chiefs or something in the Super Bowl and pull it up. Yeah, and when we did our predictions, I predicted them too. I, I, yeah, I have the Saints in the Super Bowl. I still don't think Patrick Mahomes is losing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But Um, I won't be shocked if it happens. Of course, um, Michael Thomas being there, a lot of their – a lot of their problems receiving this year was because Michael Thomas was out. And he's been back for a while. But I just think the whole idea that he's not good because he only runs slants is stupid. If you right. run slants well and you do well while doing it, then keep doing it, okay? Right. This game is kind of a reassurance game for Michael Thomas. I think there were a lot of doubts that he he was kind of a couple-season wonder. But caught his first touchdown since Week 16 of last year. I think just – overall played very well and I think this playoff run will put him back to his old self um uh moving on the Steelers played terribly in Big Ben's last game in my opinion I don't think Big Ben's coming back I mean you saw him crying during the game and people are gonna say he's crying because they lost the playoff game he's crying because he's gonna miss football yeah I think I yeah I one thing I want to point out the Browns' clock management in that game was horrific. When yeah. you're up 28 nothing, you run the ball out. Yeah. You run the clock. You have two excellent running backs. You have the best running back to win football. You run the ball out. Don't, they kept throwing the ball, and it honestly gave the Steelers a chance. But Mike Tomlin decided to punt it fourth and yeah, one on down 12 one. On, their own, on their own 46 to start the fourth quarter. Yeah. I think if they went for it and got it, I think they honestly had a shot at winning that yeah. game. Yeah, one thing I forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about Ravens-Titans was Rabel's decision to punt it on fourth and two, and then Tomlin's decision was even worse. And even when it was fourth and eight and they were down four scores, they definitely should have gone for it. Yeah. But um, one thing is, Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool are idiots. I hate them so much. I, I – mean, I, I want to say one thing. They're so cocky. They talk so yeah. much. They can't really back it up all the time. Yeah. But I really want to hate Juju Smith-Schuster. I just can't. He does. I live in Pittsburgh. He does so much for the city of Pittsburgh. He helps out a lot of people. He's just such a genuine person, and he gives so much to different charities and stuff. I really want to hate him. I just can't. Okay. As a football player, see, now I sound like a, now, now I sound like a bad guy saying I hate him. But, um... <laughs> But as a football player, I hate Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, before the game, he says, they're the same old Browns we play every year. They have a couple good guys, but they're the same old Browns. We can beat them. We'll beat them. And then after the game, Chase Claypool said on Instagram, right after they were obliterated by them, he said, it doesn't matter. They'll get killed in the next round anyways. Like, come on. Yeah, I really think – these Steeler veterans really need to teach them a lesson. Yeah. They get way too cocky sometimes. They're, they're just not good. They're just not good examples of what it what it means to be an NFL player at that caliber. Yeah. Um, uh, going on um, to the next week, the originals. Um, I'll say I think the Packers are going to beat the Rams. Rams have a great defense. Rams' best defense in the league. Ike Aaron Rodgers is still going to be able to go over them. and Yeah, I think – yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is too dominant 
to shut down that. Um, Although, to be honest, I, I might switch my view for a second and say that they might beat the Packers, which I know sounds I think you can, you can see they, they match up pretty well. Yeah, that's got, the thing. They got an all-star defense versus an all-star offense, and they got a bad defense versus a bad offense. That's the thing. We've seen that the Rams are a very matchup-based team, and I think it's a good matchup for them. Um, I mean, you see, um, obviously, Rams, great defense. Packers, great offense. That'll be mutual. And then the Rams, if they start Wolford, in my opinion, a solid offense and a terrible defense. I, I don't know if I would go to the point where I'd predict the Rams to win, but I definitely think they could win. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think, again, matchup-based team, they match up really, really well with the Packers. I think they've got Bakhtahari out. Donald doesn't play – on the outside, but he he can be an edge rusher. He's just that dominant. Yeah, I mean, his best thing is pass rushing. Right, but he is naturally a D tackle. Yeah. But if they play him off the edge a couple times, there's a backup tackle. I would not be surprised if they get a, a few sacks just um, with rushing Aaron Donald off the yeah. edge. Um, one thing is, I think I'm going to talk about Ravens-Bills for a second. I think, obviously, the Bills are the favorites to win. And I'd say maybe I'd predict the Bills to win, but I think the Bills were sent back down to earth against the Colts. I mean, they won by three. They've been the hottest team in football. And I think they were sent back down. They were almost – They were. Sh- it's been shown that they can be beaten. Um, right. And and they not only only won by three, they only lost because of Colts' mistakes, not because of Bills' yeah. strengths. Yeah. Right? Like that Rodrigo Blankenship doink kick yeah. and the – Slightly, slightly overthrown ball by Philip Rivers that Michael yeah. Pittman dropped in the end zone. Yeah, they they definitely shot themselves in the foot, and then the play calling was bad. They ran the ball way too much. Right, but I think that that Zach Pascal play that was called an incomplete pass was clearly, clearly a fumble. Yeah, but in my it doesn't thing. matter. It was. Still it didn't Bill's matter, ball. but it it would have it would have shut. It, the Bills would have won that game. Like, then and there, if it was a fumble. Yeah. Um, I think that the Chiefs will kill the Browns. I mean, the Browns played solid, but, I mean, no one's beating the homes. Yeah, especially at home. The, the Browns' defense is it's good, but they have one major flaw at safety. That's Anderson Deho. Mahomes is going to throw it over the top and beat them. I think just Chiefs are going to dominate. Yeah, um, I definitely think that is. Um, and then one thing is, um, I know it's weird to say I'm predicting Tom Brady to lose in the playoffs. Um, but, I mean, I just think, yeah, that the Buccaneers' only thing is that he is Tom Brady. That, that's their only right, That's Okay, I'm predicting this game, but I just think Drew Brees is playing well. He's going to play well. And they have a great defense, and I think they're going to beat them. Right. We, we saw the Saints beat them twice this season, dominate them in one game on, on Sunday night football. And I especially think if Michael Thomas plays like himself, like he did in the wild card game, which he did not in the first two meetings, he was, didn't even play in the second meeting, I think the Saints will – I don't want to say dominate, but I think they'll win this game by a fair amount. Yeah. Um. 
right. So, um, unless you have anything else to say, I think um, we can move on to talking about a big storyline, which is Deshaun Watson very clearly wants out of Houston. Um, and we have some trade possibilities. First of all, my biggest trade, but I'd say my most likely thing is he doesn't get traded. Yeah, I, I agree with possible. that. I just I just don't see it happening. A player of that caliber and with that size of a contract, I just think teams would have to give up so incredibly much. He's so good, but I just I just don't think a trade happens. Yeah. Um, but I think it is possible and it's fun to go into, so um, my first possibility is obviously the big headline would be the Dolphins um, trade for Deshaun Watson. And it would be Deshaun Watson for for the Texans to get back their third pick in the draft. Not third round pick, but the first round pick, the third pick in the draft, which it belongs to the, which belongs to the Dolphins, but was the Texans pick. Then they get the 18th pick, the 35th pick, a future fifth or sixth pick, and two a take of Iwila. Right. It'd be a massive haul. I think it'd be kind of rude. I mean, I know it's a business. I know all of that, but it'd be rude to two a tag of Iloa. You play, what, seven, six games, yeah. a bit more than that this season, but you, you're a top five NFL pick. You're expecting to stick with the team that drafted you for at least the first four seasons of your career. Well, I mean, I think it would be dirty, but I think at the end of the day, if the if the Dolphins get this possibility to trade the third pick, eighteenth pick, thirty fifth pick, and Tua, and even like a few add a future fifth or sixth, I think they should do it. I mean, yeah. Sean Watson probably top five quarterback in the NFL, so good. I mean, if you, you look at the stats this year, Deshaun Watson is like the best quarterback in NFL history to be on a team as bad as the Texans. Right, I mean, he left the NFL in passing yard with after Will Fuller suspended for the rest of the season with PEDs. The wide receiver core looked abysmal through 33 touchdowns with just seven interceptions, 70% completion rate. He is truly arguably top three quarterback in football, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so then uh, my next one here. Actually, why don't you go? Yeah. I have one, said more of an interesting one to the Panthers. I think they give up Teddy Bridgewater, the eighth overall pick, a 2021 second round pick, 2021 fifth round pick, and 2022 day two pick, whichever round they choose to give up. Yeah, it's interesting. I think if you're the Panthers, I would do that. I think for the most part, I'm going to say that if you're the team getting Deshaun Watson, you would do it because yeah. he's Deshaun Watson, even if you're giving up that much. But I also think, I mean, to be honest, I think that the Tua trade would be if the the Texans, if they don't have to, the Texans should not trade Deshaun Watson. Like right. the, Tua trade, the Tua trade, I said before, like it would be great for the Dolphins. Not great for the Texans, but if they if it ends up they really are forced to, I think if they get offered the third, eighteenth, thirty fifth, Tua at a future six, then they would do it. And I think that's the same with that Panthers trade. If they right. absolutely have to and they don't get that Dolphins trade, then they you would take that much for Deshaun Watson. Right, I I agree. I I think another trade I have is to the Patriots. Yeah, I'll I check my too. table. They may, may, might be able to pull it off. I think it's Jared Siddham, 
J.C. Jackson, the 15th overall pick, a second round pick, and then a future first. So I had my, I had to the Patriots, mine was a little bit different. I don't think they give up J.C. Jackson. I think instead they give up this year's first, next year's first, next year's second, and Shaq Mason. So the Texans get no quarterback back, but they would most likely well, take I, one I, with the they, 15th I, pick? They don't, they, don't, they don't have, like, I mean, Jarrett Stidham's not a future starter, okay? Right, but he's not. But I think – I don't think you have to, but I think – I just think – I don't know. I just feel like I had to throw in a quarterback Yeah, in may, maybe you swap Shaq Mason for J.C. Jackson just because of that, because it shows he's much younger. But, yeah. Uh, my next one was, um, here, I'll do this one, the Washington football team. Um, uh, obviously, we saw Taylor Heineke, but, like, if you get the chance to get Deshaun Watson, you would do it. So, I have Deshaun Watson to the football team for Taylor Heineke, a first, um, this year's first-round pick, next year's first-round pick, and the third-round pick for this year and next year, and... Well, actually, no. The third round pick for the fourth round pick for next year, and Cam Curl, Cameron Curl, Cam Curl had a great year this year. Um, uh, um, and I think they have Landon Collins. And well, I think Cam Curl will be better than Landon Collins. If you get the chance to put him in a trade for Deshaun Watson, you would do it. And even with giving up the first round pick of the next two years, and even if you need to make that a third for next year instead of a fourth, I think you'd still do that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think Heineke played, he played great in that game versus the Bucks. If you have the chance to trade for Deshaun Watson, yeah. You'd obviously take him over a player who started one career NFL game. Yeah. Ne- the next trade I have is Deshaun Watson to the Chicago Bears Not, to, yeah, to make up for them taking Mitchell Trubisky over the over him in the 2017 NFL draft. I think the trade would include Nick Foles. It would be Nick Foles, both of the Bears' first round See, picks. I don't think it would be Nick Foles because they'd have to be moving that contract, which is huge. I think it'd be Deshaun Watson's contract matches Nick Foles' contract. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Then it could be Nick Foles, both of their 2021 first-round picks, a 2021 third-round pick, and then a future second-round pick. Yeah, uh, that's entirely possible. I I think that's one of the more far-fetched ones. Yeah, I agree. I think the more realistic ones are a Washington trade. Well, I have I have one more one that I think is oh, very realistic. All right. What's uh, your one realistic the most, one? Um, the 49ers. They need a quarterback. Jimmy G's not good. Nick Mullins definitely isn't. Um, and that would be – it would be the same picks as what the as what the football team would. First round this year and first round next year. Then, like, a next year fourth, a third if it needs to be. Um, and what instead of – obviously, instead of Cam Curl, they don't have Cam Curl. It would be Weston Richburg. Um for the past two years, Weston Richburg um, has been hurt, and their backup center, Daniel Brunskill, has played pretty well as a backup. And I think it'd definitely be smart for them to move Weston Richburg and just have, um, and then just have 
Daniel Brunskill as their starter because he's been playing pretty well, especially if you're getting Deshaun Watson in return. Right. I think you put Deshaun Watson with Kyle Shanahan and with the 49ers, possibilities are endless. He honestly could win multiple MVP awards if he gets shipped to somewhere like San Francisco. Yeah. Um, And then I have one more. Then this is the New Orleans Saints. Um, um, obviously, they need a quarterback. Think I think Drew Brees is going to retire. I also think the po- the possibility of them getting a really good quarterback with a late first round pick isn't great. So I think, first of all, I think they have to try to go for Dak Prescott. I think he'll probably resign in Dallas, but um, uh, I think it would it would include um, Taysom Hill. They trade Taysom Hill this year's first, next year's first, um, this year's first, next year's first. Um, yeah, it would be Taysom Hill. This year's first, next year's first, next year's third, and then um, like Cesar Ruiz, who was right. the first round pick last year. Yeah, I really wanted to make a Watson to the Saints trade, but the thing is, they just simply can't. They're, they're 90 million over the cap space. They have to cut down on so much money this offseason that a trading for Deshaun Watson would be practically yeah, well, impossible. That, that, that's the thing. That's why I, di- I didn't want to do this because it would be impossible. But I just wanted to throw it out there. Um, um, and yeah. I, th- I think a team, I have two teams that I think a Watson trade would make sense. The teams just don't have enough to bring in return. I think that's the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. I think that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Interesting. Um, Right? Like, I think a trade to Pittsburgh would make sense, hypothetically, for Deshaun Watson. I mean, team needs a quarterback. But I think just their draft picks are not that valuable to the Texans, considering they look like they're going to be good for the next couple years. And I just don't think they have enough in return. Yeah. I mean, I think if the Colts traded him, I think that'd be a trade that would include like them re-signing Jacoby Brissett this year and trading him and then also include like Naheem Hines and some picks. Right. It it'd be more player dominant than the other ones that I have here. Yeah. All right. So that is going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Great episode. Hope to see you next time. Peace out. Yeah.